Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, the official podcast of Unstoppable Domains. Join us each week to hear from leading experts in the exciting new fields of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and the decentralized web, where we talk about the future of the internet and what that means for humans like us. Not only will this podcast help you sound super smart around your friends, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in the space and help lead the charge towards a more decentralized web. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Diana Chen, your host, and I'm here today with my co-host, Matthew Gold, co-founder and CEO of Unstoppable Domains. Hey, Matt, how's it going? I'm doing just fine. Got my afternoon coffee here, so I'm ready to go. Great. So one of the questions that we've gotten a lot from users is, what's the difference between coins and tokens? There's all this talk about digital tokens, about coins, cryptocurrencies. We're going to dissect all of that for you guys today and break it down so that by the end of this episode, you know exactly what a coin is, you know exactly what a token is, you know how they're different, and you're in on the lingo so that when people are talking about these things, you know exactly what they're saying. So to start off, why don't we just you know go, go right into it? What's the difference between a digital token and a coin, maybe define both terms first before you get into what the differences are. Okay. So to start off, I would blame Bitcoin for making all of this very confusing for people because they chose a really good name. Like Bitcoin is a fantastic name and it sounds like a coin. And if you tell your grandmother about Bitcoin, she'll probably try to go buy one on Amazon, right? And they have little Bitcoin tokens or whatever. So but coin is just a word that they used in order to describe a database entry. That's all that is. And and they could have called it like bit dollars or something. And maybe that would make more sense to people because you know your dollars in your wallet or you know at, at your bank or whatever, you know that's just an entry in a database. So that's that's all that is. And so Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency. And you know, you think about how many bitcoins you have and, and so you kind of think about it as a coin and just a representation of the amount uh, like the number, like the, the number, the physical number itself on the Bitcoin blockchain that corresponds to your wallet. So that was the very first use of coin. And then what happened is a bunch of different cryptocurrencies launched after Bitcoin because everyone saw what Bitcoin did. And some of my favorites because they're fun. Well, you know, Litecoin, just because that was the silver to Bitcoin's gold. And then Dogecoin, which is just one of my favorites that came out because it's this funny meme with this, if you don't know, this adorable dog on the front of the coin and I'm a huge dog fan. So, so people made a lot of these and the, when they referred to their cryptocurrency coins, they were generally talking about a blockchain that was, had its own set of computers, a peer to peer network, right? But just set of people running computers at their home that were validating the uh, software saying how much, you know, what the number was in each person's account. And so when they're referring to coins, what they're talking about were these entries on all these different like Bitcoin clone blockchains uh, that said, hey, you have 10 or you have 20 or you have 30 or whatever of those various different cryptocurrencies. So those were all the different crypto coins. All right. So already kind of complex uh, out the gate. And that just kind of happened for the first several years. And then we had Ethereum come along with its smart contract blockchain. And there's plenty of stuff out there you should go and learn about smart contract blockchains. We definitely can't cover it all here, but Ethereum just said, hey, we're gonna make it even more complicated. So what Ethereum did was they, they made the first system where you could, on the same blockchain, you could actually track a whole bunch of different types of assets. And from a theoretical perspective, they actually made it so you could track 
you know, like any asset. They, they tried to make it as general as possible. Now they didn't, you know, obviously there's limitations, but they tried to make it really hard to be general so it could represent as many different things that you you could want. All right. So as soon as that happened, you had this whole new world of things that you could track and people needed to come up with a name for it. And so they used the word token, right? And so I would say like the biggest difference between something that's referred to as a coin and something that's referred to as a token is a coin is like a Bitcoin. It is the only thing that's tracked on that blockchain bitcoin only tracks uh, the bitcoin blockchain only tracks bitcoin amounts right we're, for all intents and purposes we'll just keep that for simplification and that's what's being tracked on that blockchain so if you have a bitcoin it's on the bitcoin blockchain and if you have a dogecoin it's on the dogecoin blockchain and if you have a litecoin it's on the litecoin blockchain okay then so then ethereum came out and now you could have these tokens and what happens is you can have a bunch of different tokens and there's a lot of them and if you go to coin market cap or any one of these others coin gecko is another one there's a lot of different sites you can go to to just look at all the different tokens that exist and on ethereum there's thousands Okay, and then these tokens are all on the Ethereum blockchain. So unlike Bitcoin, which is on the Bitcoin blockchain, you could have a token on Ethereum and that token for that network can actually live on Ethereum. It doesn't have its own blockchain network. So I'll pause there for a second to see if that made sense. Yeah, I, I'm trying to digest all of that. And so tell me more about like the practical uses of coins versus tokens and also like side note when we use the term cryptocurrency is that like an overarching term that includes both coins and tokens or does that refer to just coins yeah so i would argue that cryptocurrency refers to all of the any any of the different coins or tokens that someone would use to like transact with to, to represent some sort of some sort of value like a counter basically and so yeah i would say cryptocurrency is kind of like general sorry what was the other question you had in there for me what are the practical uses of a coin versus a token yes so coins their practical use is basically to function like money right or a commodity product so coins are great like bitcoins are great for storing value and this is what people buy them for and that's the only thing that they do they're really supposed to be dead simple on purpose so a bitcoin is just a store of value and then a, no a dogecoin is doing the exact same thing except it's a lot funnier uh, so, so but you know like it's it's a little bit more they obviously don't have the development resources or, or any of the other things with bitcoin but that's all they do. They're just stores of value for uh, that particular blockchain. And when you're buying one coin versus another coin, you're basically saying like, I think this blockchain is a good one, or this one, you know, is one that I think will be more used in the future or something. So you're actually just differentiating between the blockchain themselves. Tokens can be a lot of different things. And we can get into that in a second. Uh, but the, the difference between a token and a coin is a token is living on top of all of its, everything that it's doing, it's doing actually built on top of another blockchain. So, and so the tokens, like most of them live on Ethereum. And so there's also an Ethereum coin, right? For the Ethereum blockchain. And that is the coin that has to do with the Ethereum blockchain. And that's what's used to, for the security model for the Ethereum blockchain. And that's what miners get rewarded with. Just like Bitcoin miners get rewarded with Bitcoin, Ethereum miners get rewarded with Ethereum, Dogecoin miners get <laughs> rewarded with Doge. If you have these tokens, they are on top of Ethereum. But if you, some of them actually have like mining, like proof of stake mining or whatever, and they'll give you, they'll pay you out in their token, but their token is not the security model for the blockchain Ethereum because the Ethereum the Ethereum coin is what is what does that. So the biggest difference between a token and a coin is the coin is typically 
an integral part of the security model of the blockchain itself. And the token can be a representation of a lot of things that may be like a, a prepaid credit for an API. Like, so you can redeem the token for like a gift voucher or something. A token could be a piece of artwork that could represent. And we have a previous episode where we were talking about artwork on the blockchain and a token could be like a certificate uh, for your education. So like to say that you completed this computer science course. Uh, something like that. So that would be the difference. And these tokens are representing all sorts of things and they are resting on top of another blockchain. And that blockchain uh, will have a security model where it pays out the miners to make sure everything's secure in the coin of that of that blockchain. Got it. So coins are the money. So when, when somebody says, I, I have Bitcoin or Ethereum, they're talking about the coin itself, which is you know the monetary value. And then tokens, on the other hand, are more just vouchers but they're not money yeah i mean that's that's an okay approximation there would be some people who would argue that their their token is a functioning as some form of money you know just like you could have there's all sorts of like amazon credits are basically like money to developers because they're going to use those amazon credits 100 percent of the time so you know there's a little bit of crossover there i would just say like and sometimes the tokens can also function on security models so for those systems that are that have that are doing some sort of operation maybe like an oracle network or something like that so uh the distinction is really not as great as you would think it is uh, but that's that's what i think people mean when they're talking about the difference between coins and tokens and generally like if i was to draw a line i would say your coin if you're running your own blockchain and your token if you're running on top of somebody else's blockchain infrastructure Got it. Okay. So then when we're thinking about the value of, so obviously there's so many different coins and so many different tokens out there and they're all worth different amounts. And so when we're like, who determines, well, I guess the market determines what the value is, but then if you're a user, you know, if you're you or me and you want to buy Bitcoin or Dogecoin, you know, like how, how do I know which one to go after? You would think, I mean, I would think there's there's a big enough community of people out there who love dogs. So maybe Dogecoin can, you know, really be something. Well, I don't like speculating on in, investing in the cryptocurrency world. That's not my area. So I'm sure there are plenty of YouTube podcasts where, where you can go out there and listen to people speculate on their favorite coin and how much it's going to go up or something like that. Not my area of expertise. So can't help you there. The way that I look at technologies are what are the things that I want to use to build the application that I want to build? So when I look out there and I want to build a blockchain domain system, you know, we built on a couple of these smart contract blockchains because they had the technology that I needed to use. And so as a technologist, when I'm looking at these, I'm just looking for what's uh, most useful. And then there's all sorts of crazy speculation that happens on top of that. And I understand why, because if the blockchain that you're using becomes a global standard for something that it's doing, then yeah, that could be that could be something that everyone's going to be very interested in in, a lot, in you know ten years or something. But that's a game best played by people who are spending a hundred percent of their time on that, and not me. I don't have enough time for that. I have I have other things I have to work on. Fair enough. All right, uh, another big question, something that everybody has heard of: stable coins. Can yeah, you break so the, that down for us? Yeah. What's a stable coin? So these guys just totally broke my my previous uh, discussion about the difference between coins and tokens. So what stable coins are is they are tokens, right, on top of in the most on top of a smart contract blockchain. In most cases, they're either on. In most cases, they're on Ethereum, and 
they are a representation of a US dollar. And so that may be why, you know, stablecoin is a good name, just like Bitcoin was a good name. So, but doesn't mean it make, makes a lot of sense for how the thing is being explained. But they're trying to communicate that this value on the stablecoin is tied to a traditional currency. And the most common one right now is USD. So there's a tether as a stablecoin that's one for one tied to USD. USDC is another one. And that's by, I think it's Coinbase and Circle. They have a, some sort of consortium to make that one. And each of these things, Gemini has one as well. That is, it's the stable coin that's tied back. And the whole purpose of these is that when you pick up a uh, Gemini stable coin, or you pick up a Coinbase USDC stable coin, or you pick up a Tether stable coin, that when you get it, it's $1. And when you sell it, it's also worth a dollar. So their whole job is to make sure that the value stays the same. And the reason why people are so excited about this is you just take one look at the Bitcoin chart and you just, the thing is all over the place. Like Bitcoin started at, you know, 50 bucks, went to 1200, dropped to 200, went to 20,000, dropped, dropped to 4,000. Now we're back at 30,000. It's extremely volatile. And so technologists from the very beginning of Bitcoin launch, they're like, this thing is crazy volatile. Like, how can we make a currency on top? It would be not as volatile so that people can actually use it. And, and there were two camps and there was one cramp who said, who cares if it's volatile? It's going up in value, right? And they're like, just, it'll eventually become not volatile. And then there was, there was another camp who was like, we should really work harder to try to come up with a solution. And that's how we ended up with stable coins. And I'm definitely in the work harder camp. And I think it's a good thing that they came up with something that was, didn't change its value so much. Cause it's really terrible if I have an invoice and I owe you, you know, $2,000 and I pay you on Wednesday night and you wake up Thursday morning and it's only worth 1900 or maybe it's worth 2100 because I've either paid too much or you've been paid too little. And the, the only difference is like when, you know, you were sleeping before you got it. Um, and that's not, that's not a great place to do, to, to do business. So stable coins are invented to hold their value. And the way that they do it is they, you, when you buy one, they put a dollar in the bank and they just leave it in the bank account. And when you want to redeem one out, they take that dollar out of the bank account and they uh, send it back to your bank account, or at least that would be a way that a very regulated stable coin would function. Uh, we can talk about how different stable coins work, but that's, that's maybe the regulated stable coin route. I just went through like so many different thought processes in while listening to you speak at first, I was like, well, if it's not volatile, then where's the excitement in all of this? And then by the end, I was like, okay, well, stablecoin sounds a lot more practical. So let's go with that. Uh, one of the reasons why I think stablecoins are so interesting is they increase the utility for crypto users. So it's like people are like, uh, why would I want to own a stablecoin or whatever? Because it's not volatile and I, I don't have the ability to you know make money like just by holding it or something. And then I would counter with... You can now take these stable coins and use them in various uh, decentralized finance protocols. You can lend them out just to be real simple and you can earn an interest rate on these. And of course, this is all risky. So this is not financial advice, but I'm just saying there's a whole new opportunity set now where let's say you don't want to own Bitcoin because it's too volatile, but you do have, you know, five or 10 K in the bank and you're earning 0% interest. You can take that five or 10 K you can turn it into a stable coin and then you can deposit that stable coin onto a, a, a one of these protocols on the blockchain and then you can start earning interest now you know everyone should go and do their own looking and and make their own decisions but this is a whole new set of ways to earn money with blockchain so that's why i think it's really cool like i'm really a crypto person i love cryptocurrency i've owned it for a long time like i've been in the space for a while and the more places we open up opportunity sets for people to interact with this technology the better it is for for everybody so 
there's a lot of interesting things you can do with stable coins. I would just point out they sound boring, but they're actually quite cool. Yeah, that's really interesting to know. So let's dive in a little bit more into stable coins. Now that we know the general concept of what they are, talk a little bit more about what, what are the different types of stable coins out there? Okay, so there's a few emerging types of stable coins, and there's a lot of innovation here. So there could be even more in, in the next year or two, but I'm gonna try to put them in broad classes. So one is kind of what I would consider like a regulated stable coin. Now we don't have an official like government stable coin yet, but there are some stable coins like the Gemini dollar or USDC where they have a bank account and they guarantee like, if, uh, like you have to put in $100 and then they will give you a $100 in stable coin back. And that money just sits in the bank. And I would say those are super safe. And there's going to be more regulation around that because, you know, they want to make sure that that's matched dollar for dollar because otherwise someone could defraud you by pretending there's not enough there. So that's the fully regulated stable coin. And you're like, well, why would a company do that? Well, they earn interest, right? So like if you if you buy $1,000 worth of stable coins, you put $1,000 into, you know, their bank account in New York, and then they just go buy bonds and earn 0.5% interest on that or whatever. And then you go and you play with the stable coins on the blockchain because you're interacting with a bunch of things. And then when you cash out, they, they let you withdraw, but they've been earning that interest that whole time you've been using it on the blockchain. So that, that's the business model there. Does make a lot of sense. Regulated stable coins, check. The next one is commodity-backed stable coins. These are a little bit wonkier, and the most famous one is MakerDAO, and they were one of the first people to issue stable coins. So they're super innovative, super early, and they have DAI and SDAI. So I don't want to get into the details too much, but basically, you deposit crypto, and so let's say let's say you want to have a thousand dollars, and so they say, well, you need to deposit crypto. So you deposit crypto into the account. And you can borrow $1,000 against it. And you're like, well, how do they do that? Well, they say that if you put the crypto in, because crypto is so volatile, you have to put $3,000 in crypto in order to get 1000 out. Now that that number changes, like how much you have to put in, but that's a collateralized stable coin. And so there has not been a lot of regulation around those yet, although they are looking into it. And I think that those likely are going to get regulated as well in the future. Um, but currently I would say MakerDAO has been around for three years or so, and, or maybe five now, geez, it's been a while. Uh, and they're quite conservative on how they manage their pool. I don't think they've ever, uh, they've only had like a couple of minor bugs in the protocol, which they fixed. So uh, overall that team's pretty responsible. That's a collateralized one. And they're much more risky than the fully regulated one. So I think if we're talking about risk spectrum, so we started at the safest one and those are the regulated uh, where the, there's a dollar in that bank sitting for you. And then you have the collateralized ones. And then the problem is if Bitcoin price goes down a whole bunch or the Ethereum price goes down a whole bunch, there may not be enough money to redeem one for one. And so that's why those are a little bit risky. And those are in the second basket. And then you, then you have this uh, third basket, which is they're trying to create, and they're called algorithmic stable coins. And this, I would say, is all the way on the edge of extreme in terms of the, the risk level it's uh, theoretically possible. I think that there's been a lot of interesting like research around it. And there are several of these, like this year, a lot of them have been tried because of decentralized finance. Just think about it like, uh, I would say, think about it like you would think about complex Wall Street instruments, because that's what those are. And so proceed with caution. <laughs> well, certainly heed your warning on that. Thanks for that. Well, thanks, Matt, for this discussion about coins, and thanks for breaking all of this down for us. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in. We're going to come back another time and talk more about tokens, do a deeper dive into non-fungible tokens, NFTs, fungible tokens, all the different types of tokens. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again soon with another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. If something I said today resonated with you, please rate, subscribe, download the podcast, and share this episode on social media with your network. This helps other people find us. And remember, the fun doesn't have to stop when the episode ends. We can continue the conversation on Twitter by tweeting your questions, thoughts, or ideas to me at Matthew E. Gould. We look forward to chatting with you, and thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.